0: What's up citizens of Apologia? This is King Ginger and I just wanted to take a moment to encourage you all to sign up for Apologia All Access. When you sign up for Apologia All Access you're going to get exclusive on-demand content this means that you and your entire family are going to get to watch every single TV show every single after show and every single Apologia Academy with new content dropping every single week but most importantly your contribution helps Apologia Studios create quality Christ-centered entertainment that reaches millions of people on our YouTube channels and through our podcast with the gospel so what are you waiting for change everything at ApologiaRadio.com
1: non-rockabotus must stop I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you gonna bark all day, little doggy, or are you gonna bite? Brett, delusional. Yeah, to delusional. Yeah,
2: delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt.
0: <laughs> she hung up on me. <laughs> oh
2: <God>. What? What? <laughs>
3: desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men lauding them for their courage.
4: Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples.
1: I, yeah. got, I got a bit of a jiggle
2: neck. <laughs> That's a joke pastor. When we
5: have the real message of truth we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when no. they're not. Take an
6: amazing journey to a place that will blow the world wide and move your heart so you will never be the same
2: again. You shall not steal. Exodus 2015 to another episode of Apologia Radio. This is a gospel heard around the world coming at you guys from Phoenix, Arizona. That's Luke the Bear. What up? That's Joy the Girl right there. Uh, Hello. Joining the studio today, also by Austin. Hello. What's up, dude? Oh, you know. Just chilling. How you doing? (laughs) Oh, I'm doing. Good, right on. And Marcus Pittman, King Ginger on the ones and twos. What's up? Hey dude,
0: I'm doing all right.
2: All right. Well, we have had a busy week here at the studio. Um, we had a, a lot. We've lost a, a week. Many of you guys heard about uh, the loss of Sarah Arrington at Apologia Church, our a member of our church, sweet sister, mother of seven. Uh, we had a um, uh, funeral uh, service for her and uh, continue, if you would, to pray for the Arrington family. Uh, She was just a tremendous gift to this church and to the world, really. And um, uh, just, yeah, pray for us as we minister to that family as a church over the long run. And so we've had a busy week getting caught up on um, episodes, getting caught up uh, with counseling, getting caught up with episodes, new episodes of the studio. If you haven't seen that yet, the studio is at Apologia Studios on YouTube. The first three episodes are up there. And let me just tell you right now, it is going to get better and better and better. I'm just so excited. What? What? What's
4: that noise? Oh, that's my music, yo. Oh. Yeah. You need something else, man. This no, is like man. Four no. episodes in a row, you played this soundtrack. <laughs> oh. That's Paul Oakenfold. And nobody likes it. Hey, did uh? Wait, you can't. <laughs> did not D-lo did not D- like D- this? Did D-lo bust on your Oakenfold? Uh, D- David Lynch? Yeah. Did he? He was asking me what music you listen to. He said he was gonna bust on you or something. Oh man! I told him.
2: How could you not like Paul, this? Paul
4: Oakenshield.
2: Paul Oakenshield.
4: <laughs> you know, I, 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 There's I was a lot of reasons why I cannot like this.
2: I was into Paul Oakenfold before anybody else Boy, knew him. I need him. some help here. I went to a, a, a little like teeny tiny private <laughs> little DJ set that he did in Tempe like in 1999 or something like that no, no, I mean, people knew who he was Do you know he got paid $200,000 at that time not even like now it's astronomically more but he would get paid $200,000 for a two hour set and from what I understand the rumors that I heard he would walk up he would place a timer right there on the DJ table the ones and twos He would hit start and he would start playing, and at two hours, he would cut $200,000. I'll tell you what, there are ways, dude. You don't even want to know. There are ways to make money. (laughs) We won't talk about what was going on
4: at that. Concert.
2: Oh, I was using drugs.
4: <laughs> oh,
0: <okay. laughs> <knew> we <laughs> <laughs> and
2: uh,
4: what else would you do at an Oakenfold yeah, concert? Yeah, and
2: I repented. And uh, not everyone there was doing drugs, but I, I certainly was. And then Jesus saved my life. And and uh, yeah, to God be the glory. But Paul Oakenfold is still the bomb, saved or unsaved. You know, it's funny as. Uh, uh, I, I actually had this moment of really great encouragement at the Bonson conference last year, uh, and it wasn't maybe from what you think. I'm like the messages were great. Dr. K. Scott Oliphant's message he gave on apologetics is my favorite message uh, on uh, apologetics. I mean, by far. But the encouraging moment for me was when David Bonson, Greg Bonson's son, uh, went up and he was describing you know his dad and life with his dad. And when he did this, like this couple minutes, I think tirade on christian music and how greg bonson absolutely loathed yeah christian music like on obviously hymns and stuff he loved worship music but he absolutely hated like contemporary hated contemporary christian music with a passion a fire-fueled passion and uh loved you know some of the some of the great modern artists that weren't christian, and you know he he had his way, I have mine, I like oakenfold, you know what else he hated what whatever that is you're listening to right now <laughs> No, I think he'd dig it, I think he'd dig it because it's objectively beautiful. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how cool you no, are right like now. Jeff. Are you thinking about how cool I am? Mm-hmm. Like, oh wait, that was sarcastic. <laughs> that was sarcastic. I, I caught that right that that away.
4: Belt at that concert. <laughs> <laughs> and, your
0: and your mesh tank top. Whatever. I never wore wore mesh tank top. You took it you off at that concert. You did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, so, can we talk about the new show that's coming yeah, out? Please.
2: Like, that's what I was Jeff's trying like, to do. Change right. the I changed the subject. <laughs> that's what I was trying to do. And so they brought up my mesh. Just sure no, that just never even existed. More ah, just one more time mesh tank top. <laughs> I never wore a mesh tank top. <sighs>
0: Moving on. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Joy, what are you working on? It's oh, um. <laughs> your show, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my show! Wait, the radio show with Summer. Man, oh, that was okay. Not a smooth we have transition. so much. I'm I'm like, oh, sorry, I was trying to change. A I was trying to change the subject from the mesh tank top. Very Marcus, quickly, Marcus. The, the we the have so Susan. much going on. An apology right. going to be What am I working right. on?
5: Uh, <laughs> don't make me think about that. Um, so, Summer White and I are doing a show called Sheologians And oh, really?
4: This is the first time you've announced that? No. Oh, it was It is a while not
5: ago. the first time. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, Good so things take time. They do. Um, so we, you know, you guys may have seen the logo floating around on on Which a hashtag dope. Um, Which Joy did, by the way. Yes, She drew did. that by with uh, her own little hands. Yes, I did. They're little, too. They are. Um,
0: not as but, little uh, as some so people we know. So the
5: episodes are coming out. When are they coming out, Marcus?
0: Uh, hopefully get them up in the next day or two.
5: Okay. So they'll be up. By the time people are actually listening to this, yes. you'll be able to listen to our show and there will be four episodes up and then they will come out every week after that. Um, Did you know that I
4: will be on every episode of Sheenologians? Technically, yes, Can you, do you it? Will. Can
0: you do it right nope. now? Why not? Not, not come on, doing it right now. it's trademarked
4: and if he does it, Trademarks. he'll have to pay us money. Okay, that's, so that's just say Austin got the boot because
0: he was terrible. <laughs> he gets royalties for every time he does it. <laughs> why you got to hurt, man? <laughs>
4: P.S. I still love you. Yeah.
5: But yeah so um it's fun it's short oh and simple she but if you're a man don't learn anything don't from learn
0: it. anything men <laughs> don't from the show yeah don't listen learn to anything. it listen. but just cover your ears
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um all right so uh we have uh the studio the, actually when this show comes out the new, the new episode of the studio will be up. That studio that uh, episode of the studio is called "The Cooler." And let me just say, I think this is the best one so far because it is just so much just fun slapstick comedy and and,
0: and Christians can't have fun and they can have fun especially about pastors we, no, we can't. yeah no. we can't. especially not pastors. Have you read the YouTube comments? I've Hashtag read the YouTube comments. Cannot laugh. Yes, you cannot. Paul would, Washer what would, what would, Paul would Washer, not approve. What would Paul Washer think? That's an one, actual YouTube. One comment guy, what would Paul One guy came
2: on to. Uh, we never. By the way, if you if you make nasty comments in the YouTube channel, just know that we're probably not even paying attention. So, like, if that, if that's what like, <laughs> not true. If you get excited that is about, not it, true. Like, well, maybe when we talk. All we're, we do is Mar- talk Mar- about is YouTube. paying YouTube attention, he has I'm a very paying attention to every single he, one well, You Okay, let me just say for my
4: for me. W P W T. If you're
2: trying to say a nasty comment to get into my skin, Paul I don't care. I don't pay attention into the comments there are literally thousands of comments a day that come in although i get to see some of them because some of them we just we see and we laugh at and uh one guy in particular that we were laughing at this morning was the guy that said uh he posted under the thing what what was it he Which some, the, the guy that the, you sent me a a, a, a a screenshot oh, here, i'll show you i'm gonna read Straight it jesus oh, juke okay like class
4: classic jesus juke
2: okay so marcus do you have it yeah i'm i got it right now okay
0: the world gets enough meaningless, trivial nonsense. Be peculiar if you want to do some little acting thing. Put Christ in it.
4: <laughs> oh, we've come a long There's way. A mic drop right in there.
0: Gracious.
2: So, so the suggestion, I suppose, and this is why Christians absolutely um, are just. Out of all right meaningful media in the world the suggestion i suppose is i have to put jesus in any art we do or any play, any film play we do so like mm. like himself like i have to like have a character like jesus walk on to the yeah. show like right or, or I no don't, i personally don't know what jesus looked like right so oh. i don't want to don't uh, misrepresent. of course we know you're saying oh you should maybe talk about jesus okay so every single Thing, every play any piece of art anyone does they have to force Jesus and the gospel message into so for example maybe if you were, that
4: TBN Jesus we it, saw at the conference
2: so how about that there you go so if you were a Christian say doing a documentary And you do a documentary on the Holocaust, right? And so you're talking about the Holocaust and the things that happened. Are you supposed to squeeze like five minutes into the middle of that show when someone's like doing like an historical analysis of the Holocaust? All of a sudden you go, okay, break. We're going to take five minutes now to talk about the gospel. And it's like, wait, Jesus Jesus
4: wept and then
7: continue.
0: Can I I have some Francis Schaeffer quotes on this very subject? Please, please, please. Okay. Okay. Francis Schaeffer from Art in the Bible. Christian art is the expression of the whole life of the whole person as a Christian. What a Christian portrays in his art is a totality of life. Art is not to be solely a vehicle for some sort of self-conscious evangelism. A Christian should use these arts to the glory of God, not just as tracks, mind you, but as things of beauty to the praise of God. And artwork can be a doxology in itself. There we go. Yeah. Francis Schaeffer. Nice.
2: So, I, you know, we, we've said this before, and I'll just stay in this just for a moment. I mean, just a second. Um... Christians throughout history, like we were leading the way when it came to architecture, to education, to science, when it came to uh, art. And uh, now we're in this weird place where people suggest such things like, you know, you have to have a five minute gospel presentation in any movie you do. And let's just say that's crazy. And no wonder, no wonder the world thinks we have nothing uh, good to offer in terms of art because they think, well, you're not even really any good at art. You're not any good at film or television. You're not any good at writing scripts. And because all you can do is, is do your five minute gospel presentation. How about Christians be great at art for the glory of God? Uh, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, whatever you do in word or in deed, deed, uh, you know, due to the glory of God. How about we do it great for God? And then we live lives where the lives are glorifying God. And we preach the gospel constantly. Like,
0: God's art is all of creation, and the right. Bible says in Romans 1 that that's not enough to save anybody. And it's beautiful so, art. Yeah, general revelation. Art is general revelation. Yeah, every, it's not every, special revelation. every
2: night in, in uh, Arizona, let me just say one thing about Arizona that's beautiful is Arizona has some of the greatest sunsets. That's true. Uh, I mean, anywhere in the world.
4: And lightning storms.
2: Yeah, I've been everywhere. I've been all around the world, and I and Arizona has, without question, some of the greatest sunsets in the world, and they're beautiful. I mean, the sky, the sky looks like cotton candy, blue cotton candy and it's just amazing Um, and every night God just like splats up in a banging amazing sunset and it's glorious and there's no gospel in that but it's art it's beautiful it's the glory of God there's not a single artist in the world that can do with the greatest skill what God does every day like eh nothing like every day just splashes the most amazing thing up and you know what there's no gospel presentation in that it's just there for the glory of God, and of course it shouts to his, his praise, but there's special revelation that comes, you know, beyond that general revelation, and you know, I think Christians as image of God should make great art like God does, and uh, no, the gospel doesn't need to be in every single piece of art. That's so unnatural, too, isn't it? Like, you do a movie, and all of a sudden, like, you're like, okay, break away now, let's have an altar call in the middle of the film, or, that's so strange, uh, I think we should beat the world on their own ground
0: and um, Amen. do things better than them. Yeah. And uh, let me. So oh, if, you, if you gonna you're going to put a gospel presentation in your movie, it should be done like the Apostle. Mm.
4: Yeah, that was so organic, <laughs> Don't <you> agree, <laughs> wasn't it? That I was, was so, so or- I've Never seen it. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know. Say Did you, you watch it yet? Oh my goodness gracious, Austin! You haven't seen the Apostle? We talked about this. This is your last show. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, but you're right. That was like in The Apostle. That was a great film, Marcus. And then that presentation of Christ at the end there like, was so organic. It was just part of the film, natural. And it just felt like it wasn't forced. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was great, man. Were you going to say something, Joy? I was just going to say
5: basically what Marcus said. Like, God is the original creator mm and he also made us creative we're in his image like I think there's evidence enough in the world that like there's people with natural ability to draw or paint or photograph not me I don't think that's by True that. mistake so
0: um, I, wonder if there, Luke. I wonder if there were like <laughs> I wonder if there were people at the construction of the temple that was like I don't see the gospel message in those tassels on those robes guys Probably, Wait, they, probably. Like, oh, where, where's where's probably, the gospel
5: in, the, in those
4: tassels? They
5: just weren't able to comment on yeah. it on All the they, internet. They were, they All that
4: beautiful beating and jewelry. Where's Jehovah Jesus? Jukin. <laughs> Jehovah jukein.
0: Jehovah <laughs> jukein. Hashtag Jehovah juke. <laughs>
2: We're going to get in trouble for this episode. (laughs) Um,
0: No, it's true. Schaefer talks about it in his book. Yeah. He talks about how a lot of the art was just art. There wasn't, like, you know, you you did have the lampstand and you did have, like, the Ark of the Covenant that did have meaning that would be revealed later. But a lot of the art, like the beading that went around the temple and, like, the jewelers and stuff, they weren't given uh, specific instruction as to what to design. They were just told to make something beautiful uh, based on, you know their own creative abilities and god used that and blessed that but there was no like meaning behind it other than the fact that it was beautiful for beauty's sake yep amen so
2: you should check out the next episode of uh the studio it's i think it'll get better and better and better um of course uh we're not steven spielberg and uh you'll see the quality improve and uh, we just want to do it to the glory of god we want you guys to enjoy it we want it to be something you watch with your kids You know, and uh, there's not, you know, a lot of stuff like that on on media today where you don't have to, you know, give earmuffs to your kids. Uh, And so we hope that this is uh, something you'll enjoy. So um, let's. And yes,
4: we do know it's like The Office.
0: (laughs) What? It is not. We are aware of that similarity.
2: (laughs) No, it's not. Yeah, people are like, uh, yeah, it's like 20 comments deep.
5: Do you guys, this is just like The Office, guys. You know what else The Office is like? the UK version of the office
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know what that's oh. like or <laughs> mockumentaries that were done before the office right what was that thing you were talking about Marcus uh, that well, show? Is it, is best it in show best in show best in yeah. show yeah so mockumentaries have been around for a long time you uh sure have
2: well uh, speaking of mockumentaries uh, the debate <laughs> happened uh,
6: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Fantastic. the debate happened between hillary clinton and uh <laughs> donald trump and uh, it was interesting we actually were in here in the studio we watched it together and that was a lot of fun we should do that for every debate just sit here and watch it together because i actually enjoyed that with you guys um it's just a sad it's a sad
0: experience when you do that at home alone um there's no one <laughs>
2: there's no one to slap and yell
0: at and and uh you know. so, i can't imagine just sitting at home watching that by myself yeah that would be really Depressing. depressing. Um,
2: So, well, we're going to try to review some of that for you guys today. But before we do, I'm sure many of you guys have seen this already, but it's a lot of fun. Zach Galifianakis um, interviewed Hillary Clinton on his show Between Two Ferns. And I am surprised, commentary before, guys, I'm surprised that he got away with what he went got away with. And I just can't imagine that that last comment he makes at the end here, you're yeah. going to hear in a moment, I can't imagine that she was prepared for that, that she was going to allow that. I think it just happened. I think she maybe signed a contract because
4: I it just made her look so bad. But it makes her look hip because she went on this cool... On exactly. no. was well, I... I agree, but right. I think they're, you know, pl- I'm sure publicists are like, oh, you might look to do it. Yes. yeah, more favorable to the younger crowd, so
2: or right. like she's a good sport, or right. I think you know. she got throttled. I, yeah, I think that like when when he did uh, President Obama, he showed a much higher level of respect for the president in the midst of being playful. And I just thought that the way this went, he, I mean, it just seemed like just sheer disrespect at every turn. <laughs> so we're going to play it for you right now. This is Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis and Hillary Clinton.
8: Where is he? Where, where's Zach?
6: Just trying to scare. Her. Just, I'm not getting the Halloween spirit of it all.
2: That, by the way, real fast. That's one of the things I love about Zach Galifianakis is the way he says he says words, and he says them in such a f- strange way. And like that right there, I'm trying to get into the Halloween spirit of it all. <laughs> like just this, this
8: way, just kills me. Not a good idea around the Secret service. Are you okay?
6: I'm fine, I'm fine. Let's start. Hi, welcome to another edition of Between Two Ferns. I'm your your host, Zach Galifianakis, and my guest today is Hillary Clinton. Thank you very much, Mrs. Clinton, for being here. Critics have questioned some of your decision-making recently, and by you doing this show, I hope it finally lays that to rest.
8: Oh, I think it, it absolutely proves their case, don't you?
6: Are you excited to be the first girl president?
8: Well, I mean, being president would be such an extraordinary honor and responsibility. Um, but being the first woman elected president and what that would mean for our country and particularly what that would mean for, you know, not just little girls, little boys too, um, that, that's pretty special.
6: Mm-hmm. Not to take away from the historic significance of you perhaps becoming the first female president, but for a younger, younger generation, you will also become their first white president. And that's pretty neat, too. As secretary, how many words per minute could you type? And how does President Obama like his coffee? Like himself?
8: Weak? You know, Zach, those are really
6: out-of-date questions. You need to get out more. What happens if you become pregnant? Are we going to be stuck with (laughs) Tim Kaine for nine months? How does this work?
8: I, I could send you some pamphlets,
6: It might help you understand. First, you supported Obama's Trans-Pacific Partnership deal, and then you were against it. I think that people deserve to know. Are you down with TPP?
8: (laughs) Uh, I'm not down with TPP.
6: No, you're supposed to say, yeah, you know me. (laughs) Like the hip-hop group. Don't tell me what to say. Fine, lose. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Trump. Um, Oh, let's. When you see how well it works for Donald Trump, do you ever think to yourself, oh, maybe I should be more racist? When he's elected president and Kid Rock becomes Secretary of State, are you gonna to move to Canada? Or one of the Arctic's? I would stay in the United States. And what would you try to? try to prevent him from destroying the United States. So you're gonna lead the Civil War?
8: No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take up arms. I, I think that might be a little extreme.
6: Oh, right, because you were saying before we were rolling that you wanted to take away everyone's guns. Very cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I really regret doing this. Any regrets over losing the Scott Bayo vote? Not a one. So it wasn't heartbreaking that... that no. One. Yeah, but Chachi. I mean, who's going to be next? Max Hedrum? I'd love to meet the person who makes your pantsuits. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, because for Halloween, I wanted to go as a librarian from outer space. (laughs) I think that would be a good look on you. Have you thought about what you're going to be wearing at the debates?
8: You know, there's this thing called the double standard. And so I think about, well, what should the first woman nominee of one of our two major parties wear to the debate? And I have no idea. So if you've got suggestions, I'm open to them.
6: Do you wonder what your opponent might be wearing? I mean,
8: I, I assume he'll wear... You know that red power tie
2: and then in the debate she wore the red power the red suit power
0: yeah. suit
4: <laughs> wait Austin yeah what just happened <laughs> hey surprise how'd you get over there <laughs> I took my voice apart. Austin
2: vanished into the control room and now he's like in my
8: ear
6: that's right well, that's amazing and I can hear everything there you go maybe like a white power tie that's even more appropriate when you went to Donald Trump's wedding did uh, he write his own vows and did uh, Michelle Obama write Melania's? Um, I really couldn't see or hear very
8: well, so I'm not quite sure what his vows were, but I'm sure they were great and huge mm. and wonderful.
6: Like his vows. <laughs> Chelsea, uh, your daughter, and Ivanka Trump, Trump's daughter, are friends. Uh, does Ivanka ever call Chelsea you know, to talk about boys that might have crushes on her, like her dad? I don't think so. <laughs> What's going to be the number one focus of your presidency?
8: Oh, Zach, it has to be the economy. We need more good jobs with rising incomes. We've got to make the economy work for everybody, not just
6: those at the top. To take a, we need to take a break. We just need to have a word from our sponsor. Okay.
1: Washington is broken. The truth is too many politicians are totally controlled by special interests and lobbyists. We're going to make America great again. I'm Donald Trump and I approve this message.
6: He approves the message.
8: Why would you play a commercial for my opponent in the middle of our interview?
6: He paid me in steaks.
8: I'd be afraid to eat them if I were you.
6: It's a good cut of meat. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Mrs. Clinton. We should stay in touch. What's the best way to reach you? Email? <laughs>
7: <coughs> You've got mail. <laughs>
2: oh, he just trolled. Hillary Clinton Troll a la 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 All right guys, quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to try to review some of the debate here. Stay with us apologiaradio.com is where you go to get more episodes. Don't forget. You can also sign up for all access and you can get TV shows, the after shows, Apologia Academy and you should know that Marcus was able to drop recently two new sets of the Apologia Academy 1 that'll blow your mind. Mitch Stokes, PhD, talking about the biblical worldview and mathematics. Don't let that turn you off. If you're like me and math is your least favorite subject, this will be, I think, a blessing to you. You'll see that only the biblical worldview provides a foundation for mathematics, arithmetic. Also, we just published on the Academy... Whoa, wait, why am I forgetting his like uh, <laughs> Ben yeah. uh, Merkel. Ben Merkel. Ben Merkel on the Trinity. I, mean, I lost his last name there for a second. Ben Merkel on the Trinity. Three lectures. Check it out, guys. Apologiaradio.com. Be right back. <laughs> For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission
1: to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world, not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian Liberal Arts College, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu.
2: What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at ApologiaRadio.com. I want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, whitefiel edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes, the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. ApologiaRadio.com. That at the beginning of the episode today I quoted from Exodus 20 Verse 15 You should not steal And it's it's really Powerful how the biblical worldview Having a, an objective standard From God Word from God Provides a foundation For so much of The discussion that happens right now In the political arena Um It's really amazing. I mean, you shall not steal becomes the basis for business, the free market becomes the basis for just taxation. Um, you shall not steal has so much to do with the conflict that we see today in the political arena. And, you know, whether or not you hold to this, that's gonna really determine your your position on particular policies. You shall not steal the rights of a a person, a citizen, to their own private property. I mean, you you, you have so much of the biblical worldview that provides a foundation for law, especially law in our society. And when we came over and we formed a society, a culture, when the Puritans came over, Calvinists came over to this nation and really started a, a, a foundation of a society, they looked at God's law as the foundation, and it wasn't arbitrary for them. When they made particular decisions in terms of law, they understood, of course, in their own personal history, the oppression that they experienced over in England in the courts, the difficulties that uh, were there. But they also understood what the Word of God said. And so they had ideas and examples of what was a failure and what were injustices around them in England and, of course, in other parts of, of the world and, and history. But they also had, and had an understanding of what the Word of God said in terms of what was just, right, and good to do in a society. And so they built their laws... ...based upon, ultimately, the biblical worldview. And you shall not steal becomes a bedrock principle uh, for a functioning, just society. And so we're going to talk today about some of the debate points that came up. I think today we'll probably have time to talk about some of the taxation and business. And we'll probably have a little bit of time to talk about stop and frisk. Which um, is something that you might have recognized from social media the last couple of days. I'm extremely passionate about because I have love for neighbor, and I believe you ought to as well. We should love our neighbors enough to treat them the way that we want to be treated, and we should understand, of course, that God hates mm-hmm. injustice, and he hates When people are abused by law enforcement, and I believe that the government has to answer to God. I believe Christ is on his throne, King of kings, Lord of lords, and he's in charge now. And I believe that nations are accountable to God, and of course governments are accountable as well. Governments, of course, in Romans 13, are supposed to be God's servant, um, executing ultimately what is his will, in accordance with his character and his will and his law. Um, You have in Psalm, of course, chapter 2, the father giving the nations to Jesus and telling the kings of the earth to obey him. And so all of of the word of God becomes relevant in the current discussion. This issue of stop and frisk that came up, um, I mean, it infuriates me uh, to a degree to see uh, a Republican uh, candidate telling people that he believes stop and frisk is uh, in accordance with the constitution or good for society. It really is not. And if you look at the word of God, I think you'll see that. Uh, But before we do that, Luke wants to do a bit of a uh, what is this trivia? A bit of a trivia. And I, don't, I don't even know how I don't even know how well I'm going to do here. Or Joy, I'm not sure how well you'll do. It's a trivia quiz on Trump and Clinton.
4: I got two several ones, yeah. Okay, should we introduce?
2: Oh my bad, sorry. I completely Somebody. lost it there. Yes, we had have a guest today in the studio. His name is Sean. He is from Portland, Oregon. He actually... By the way, I didn't even ask you. First, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you
4: so much. Absolutely. And so how'd you, how'd you find out where we were at? He Luke. emailed us. Oh, he emailed you. Yeah. Oh, right on. Good, good. Jeff was like, I want to know. You tell me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will stop and frisk you. So yeah. how did you find us? <laughs> if, you,
2: if you call us first or you message us first, we'd love to have you over. But yeah, if people just show up, we're like, wait, maybe we'll stop and frisk you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, tell us tell us about yourself and how you heard about Apologia Radio.
1: Well, I had a Mormon neighbor that moved in next door and I needed to uh, uh, connect and learn a little more about their faith and ended up finding Apologia Studios online and uh, hearing your sermons and getting involved with
2: uh, Along, right on, right on, and uh, you're a member of All Access as well, yes. How do you totally. like it? Talking the mic, man, yeah, talk right now. There you go, sorry guys, you got to kiss it, yeah. Sorry, we, <laughs> didn't, we didn't give you the
1: instructions, you're gonna, you got you to gotta kiss the microphone, just listening and you guys promoting it, and yeah, feeling like man, I'm uh, I'm listening, I don't want to steal, so I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna support the
2: ministry, and praise it's God, awesome. praise God. Um, so. Yeah, so you, you 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 probably didn't even realize you're going to be on an episode today. No. That's not what at happens all. guys. When you come <laughs> to visit, we just we throw you in the mix. So Yeah. That's what'll happen. Well, welcome Sean. And Thank you're fr- you you're free to participate in this trivia right now. All right, Pastor
4: Luke. Okay. I guess we'll just make it a group effort. Okay. Uh okay, what was Hillary Clinton's major in college? Uh I would say is it is it multiple okay. choice? Yeah. Okay. Communications, child psychology, law, computer science, linguistics. Child sacrifice. <laughs> 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 it's not an option. Oh, sorry,
0: it's not it's not, not one so, of those so, I think it
4: was law. <laughs> I, I'd say law. Law? She, law. She, law. she. How did she? How did I'm she graduate?
5: Just, I'm gonna mix it up. I'm gonna go with communication.
4: Okay, I'm gonna go with law. It's law. Child psychology. Okay, so the answer was law. So yay! Kudos! I got it. Kudos! I got it. I, hey, I guess go. I shouldn't. I still think surprised. it's child sacrifice, but onward.
2: <laughs> Whoa, I shouldn't be that, surprised
4: it was child psychology because she doesn't handle post, Trump very well. <laughs> post college was child yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what was that awesome? name here? You said. I got it.
0: I was listening. I got it. I said.
6: I said. It, it, uh, I'm glad it wasn't child psychology because she doesn't handle Trump very well. Ah. ah. Dun, dun, dun. Boom. Okay. okay here also, we go. So,
5: if she became a psychologist, wouldn't it be Doctor Hillary Clinton?
4: Not I don't know. Okay, first class. Undergrad. Yeah, undergrad. undergrad just What, what year was, was Hillary born? 44, 47, 51, 53, or 56? 44. Really? I'm going to go with 44. What are the other I don't ones? think it was 47, 51, 53, no, and
2: 56. No, 47. 47.
4: 47. I, I think 56. Where's her birth certificate? 47. Or I think that, that
0: would be...
2: <laughs> Where was she born?
0: <laughs> she...
4: Okay, I went with 56. With joy, because it was more people thought that. I think we're gonna get the correct answers at the end. Okay. What country were the Philistines from? Uh, <laughs> fifty-six. <laughs> Hillary, what city was she born? St. Louis. Wait, what was it? If, uh, she, was, it if the end. she was fifty-six, she'd only be well, sixty. She's like now. seventy. I won't know till the end. We gotta answer all of them. I mean, have to answer every one of them. That just draws all out. Okay. Okay. What city was she born? St. Louis, New York, San Fran, Little Rock, or Chicago? Uh, I would say Little Rock. That's what I would guess. What were the San Fran or what? Else? St. Louis, New York, San Fran, Little Rock, Chicago. Let's I know it's not Chicago.
5: You said St. Louis was an option. Yeah. St. Louis.
4: I'm going New York. Ugh.
5: I I mean I think
4: kind well, of all Bill, of them. Bill's wait, from, wait, from is, Hades, Rock, I think. is
2: Hades an option on there? <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, um, I'll just go with Little Rock. We'll see at the end. I'm pretty sure it's New York.
5: Okay, I'm pretty sure
4: Rock, it's New York I'm 100% it's 80s. So let's you go guys with New just
5: York. let's go because <laughs> he doesn't have the
4: accent like Bill. We'll go with New York. Okay, Hillary received her undergraduate degree from what college? University of Chicago, Michigan State, Oxford, well, Wellesley, or Vassar. Vassar. Yasser. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I have go no with idea. Wellesley. I think that's a girls' school. That's why I'm gonna say it. Okay, well we had more people to say Vassar, so
2: Why do you think it's a girls
5: school? I'm just being I don't know Wellesley. Just, I'm just going with my feelings. Wellesley on this school one. for
4: girls. Where, <laughs> where did she first meet Billy Bob? Not Billy Bob Thornton, Bill Clinton. Austin. At a fundraiser for Jimmy Carter, Yale Law School, Arkansas State Capitol, hotel in Little Rock. 68 democratic convention I know the answer to this Because I heard Bill Clinton Talking about it Yale Law School Okay we'll just go with that Because I have no idea I'm still going with the Yale hotel. Law
5: School Where she studied communications
6: mm.
4: <laughs> In hell <laughs> uh, Hillary is a member Of the board of directors Of which company Kmart Brown and Williamson Sony Microsoft Walmart mm. it, it would be a, It would be a company With a lot of unions Walmart no, it's not Walmart. Yeah, I think it's Walmart. No, they don't have unions. They just they just have child labor in other countries. <laughs> um, I have no idea. It's not Walmart or Kmart. I can tell you that. What are the options again? Brown and Williamson, Sony, or Microsoft. Probably Brown and Williamson. I don't know what. That I means. don't know what that is either. That's what I was thinking. Probably, about. probably a bank. Okay. What probably is the bad. title of Hillary's 1996 <laughs> children's book? She wrote a children's book. It takes a village. That is the first answer. Is that what it is? Let's yeah, the uh, yeah that's what it is It Takes a <laughs> Village Hillary, or Harry the Helicopter Not Hillary Harry the Helicopter Green Eggs and Spam Sheldon Has Two Mommies Now that one I would believe But it's not her Millie's book We'll say It Takes a Village That sounds uh, uh, awfully socialist
2: it, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a well-known uh, thing That she wrote yeah. some pretty horrendous things in there
4: What is the title of Hillary's second book? Stronger Together no, that's not the correct answer. Oh. <laughs> dear Socks, dear buddy, stand by your man, my years in the White House, it takes a village too. are the White House cookbook. Uh, how to kill dissenters?
0: <laughs> oh, man, we're gonna die.
4: <laughs> we're dead. <gasps> we're done. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Idiot's guide to murdering and getting away with it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. I think it's Stand By Your Man, actually. Maybe. We're go we'll go with it. I don't think it's cookbook because I don't think she's the cooking type. What does that mean? Unless she's cooking up conspiracies. Dang. What is the title of Hillary's <laughs> weekly newspaper column? We're probably gonna cut this entire segment. What is the title of Hillary's weekly newspaper column? Taking it over? Or talking it over.
5: <laughs> Freudian. Freudian slip yeah. right there. Sorry guys. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Who are you kidding? Equal time, the buzz, or from the horse's mouth? <laughs> I, I, if it was taking it over, I would go with that one. I would say it's probably taking it over. Talking it over. Okay, we'll go with that. Hillary first served as uh, First Lady when her husband, Bill, was governor of what state? I don't... Can al- we? Alabama. Oh my gosh, it's Arkansas. Oh, I thought it was... Al- no, it's Arkansas. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah they all sound the same. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's all
5: the states are the same <laughs> on the, the same
0: <laughs> says the guy that says chipotle <laughs> You want to go to Chipotle? <laughs> it is Chipotle.
5: It's not even spelled like that. It's not, not even remotely uh, yeah. it. would be
4: Oh, <laughs> okay. What was the, What's the uh, exactly how you What's say the it. other one you, What's the really funny one the uh word you, you did with the video, Austin?
5: Sweato. Sweato, yeah.
4: Sweeto. Sweeto. On an appearance on a morning talk show uh, Who did Hillary blame the Lewinsky affair on? Hillary, Bill, the mafia A vast right wing conspiracy Boys will be boys Vast right wing conspiracy Okay, that's what I was going to say Okay Calculating Oh my goodness How'd do we do? She was born in 47 Yeah, see? There you go Nicely guessed Yeah She's, a, oh my goodness, she's from Chicago. I did not know that. Chicago. We didn't yeah, do we that, that didn't very good. That matches her politics style. Yeah. We didn't do <laughs> very good. She was from Wellesley College. I knew well that. Well done, Joy. Hey, yeah. Joy, look mm-hmm. at you. You didn't have a. She worked for Walmart, man. I knew it.
0: I heard that somewhere. Wow. I knew it. Wow. That's amazing because Walmart is like really
4: anti union. I got it right. See? Wow. I heard Fantastic. that she was the, yeah. She did it Takes a Village. Yep. Her second book was "Dear Socks, Dear Buddy." Still, so we missed that one. Why?
2: What is the content of that book?
4: Her thing. What her newspaper is talking, taking, taking, talking it over. Uh, Arkansas was the right answer where Bill was governor, and the last one was correct. A vast right-wing conspiracy. There you go. We got fifty percent go. of them correct. Oh,
2: all right, it's not too bad well I, I got a few more of those correct but you, you just didn't select the, the answer that Joy I said did,
4: Joy had one too yeah she got one too so I think we all had I did pretty good I'm the, happy we all had the majority of them if we
2: I think we did alright okay next it. Anyways, Trump let's do okay, Trump okay
4: we do Trump let's, let's see okay so they have this first question that's not really part of the quiz but Donald Trump does not drink alcohol because he's a Mormon <laughs> he hates <laughs> the taste He's allergic. His older brother died from. Did alcoholism. you say allergic? Allergic. <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe. I would say his older brother. He says he hates the taste. I think is what I heard.
2: I'd say older brother.
4: We never did but find out the answer to that other question.
2: That's my own answer.
5: He doesn't own any alcohol. Okay, brands, here we go. So he refuses.
4: Um.
5: He can't put his name on it, so he doesn't. I don't know what it. the
4: answer to that other question was because he
5: hasn't made his own okay. brand okay. yet. Here we go.
4: All the other ones aren't as huge. <laughs> Donald Trump was voted what by his class of 1964 At the New York Military Academy of Cornwall On Hudson Best hair That's one (laughs) of the answers actually Class clown, biggest mouth Best hair or ladies man Biggest mouth Okay we'll go with biggest mouth Although I bet you I have a feeling it might be best hair Donald Trump's father was named Fred Trump What was Fred Trump's middle name? Donald Ronald Ivan or Christ
0: well, Is
4: that an actual Option yeah I'd say I'd say Donald <laughs> I, I think Donald I'll go with I don't Donald know. Okay Donald Trump had a daughter With Marla Maples what is that daughter's First name Danielle Ivanka. No Danielle Marky Goldie Or Tiffany Tiffany I think it is Tiffany Ivanka is with uh, One of his other wives Donald Trump was awarded what in January 2007? A star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, an honorary Oscar, a Nobel Prize in Business and Commerce, a gold album by the RIAA. Star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Nobel Prize. I think. No, I think it's the star actually. Which, which actually, I actually think that's what it is. I actually found out you actually have to pay for
0: those, so you're not really you don't really award them. They're just. You have to donate money to the organization did you say some money
2: i, I saw bruce i saw bruce lee yes, star
0: money is short for some money
2: that, that was when i went to hollywood i saw bruce lee star
0: that's all i cared about okay
4: i also saw a lot of technically very, if you go oh there don't you see all, all the stars about, can we talk about that bruce lee movie for a second which one remember the trailer we watched yes the guys like the trailer literally is like i went to san francisco Looking for sex, drugs, and rock and roll And then I found Kung, Kung Fu, Fu. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The new Bruce okay. Lee movie that that looks that looks kind of interesting What does Donald Trump's sister, Marianne Trump-Berry do? Real estate agent, Hollywood talent Agent, can't talk Agent for models or judge
2: Uh, what was the first, the Real first two? Real estate
4: agent, Hollywood talent agent Agent for models or judge
2: I'm gonna say agent for models I'm gonna say secret agent Secret agent agent. Uh, Because I think wasn't Wasn't Trump like in charge Of like the Miss Universe contest For a while Wasn't he in charge of that
4: Yeah Probably I don't know He owns it Does he Yeah he owns it Okay In his uh, Donald Trump's book The Art of the Deal He wrote that he briefly Thought of attending USC With the idea of becoming A what Corporate lawyer Sports team owner Film producer Or studio executive Heart or brain surgeon I have no idea. Well, ain't no brain I'm gonna, surgeons, I'm, so gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm gonna say lawyer. We'll go with lawyer. I was Do you go to school to
5: become a sports team owner? I
4: don't know. <laughs> we'll say lawyer. A, I have no idea. Is that a degree? A I don't is think Is that a, a thing. degree?
5: Sports team owner? I don't think
4: so. Yeah. No, you just have a lot of money. Right. That's kind of what I thought. Donald Trump owns Mar-a-Lago, a 17-acre estate in Palm Beach, Florida, built in 1920s by whom... Cornelius Vanderbilt, William Randolph Hearst, Cereal Harris, Marjorie Merriweather Post, Tobacco Harris, Harris, sorry, Doris Duke. <laughs> I'm gonna go v- with Hearst. Cornelius Van der Schmall. I think it's Hearst, actually. I, I just was reading an article about it. We'll see. Van der Schmall. A Donald Trump themed board game was released in 2004. What was the game called? Mega Mogul. Give me all your money. Trump the game. You're fired. Trumpopoly. How to rule the world. Win with Trump. Win with Trump. It's got... Um. Me. I have no idea. We'll go with Win with Trump. How to
2: make Christians compromise.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Donald Trump had a small role in the 1990 film. His performance earned him the worst supporting actor. Razzie Award. What was that movie? Can't buy me love Ghosts can't do it (laughs) Pretty woman Taking care of business I'm gonna say pretty woman Pretty woman Okay During an appearance On late night With Conan O'Brien Donald Trump admitted That he had never used What? Marijuana Grocery coupon
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I believe the grocery coupon An
4: ATM Or deodorant I think it's marijuana
2: I, I'd say probably marijuana Yeah But I don't think he's used Grocery coupons either ATM. Yeah. Okay
4: here we go Calculating First answer Was he got The ladies man award what? He had that wrong Oh my goodness His dad's middle name Is Christ No Yeah No We missed
2: it I had a feeling it had to be that one Cause, Cause it, was it was so weird Cause it
4: was so weird, weird Yeah <laughs> Wow Wow
2: Messiah your middle name is Messiah yeah that explains a lot mm.
4: so uh, we had Tiffany Wright as far as his daughter's name we had the Hollywood Walk of Fame correct uh, his sister is a judge not an agent for models oh wow uh, oh I did hear
2: that wait oh, yeah I did hear that
4: I was right about this one the USC was he wanted to be a film producer shouldn't have listened to Marcus what
5: did he go for what do we say we said corporate it? lawyer
4: Oh, um, next one. Oh, no, I, we were wrong about that property, too. It was this uh serial heiress Marjorie Merriweather Post,
5: yeah, because that was in Flo- wait, where what was that state? Was that in
4: Florida? Because I think Miami. first
5: was in California.
4: Oh, um, the game was called Trump the Game. And no, sense. the movie Why he was in was called Goats Can't Do It. Never heard of it. Ghosts, ghosts can't do or it or goats? Ghosts.
5: <laughs> I just didn't know what you were saying. If you were saying goats and or ghosts. we also
4: <laughs> missed the last one. He said he'd never use an ATM.
5: No, I got that. Oh, you did? I yeah. said ATM. Oh, okay,
4: yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, see. Yeah. So we technically got 20% of the questions correct.
2: Wow. I did better with Hillary than Donald Trump. Interesting. There you go. All right, guys. Thank you, Luke. So we will be right back, guys. Quick break, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk through a few of the points from the debate. We're going to try to do a biblical worldview analysis, talking about taxation, business, private property, the free market. We're going to talk about stop and frisk a bit and talk about the foundation of law regarding that. So thank you guys for staying with us. Be right back. Don't forget to share the episode with someone you know and love. ApologiaRadio.com.
1: I'm Nathan Bell. And I'm Greg Dutcher. Greg and I have the privilege of co-hosting These Go to 11 podcasts.
7: We cover everything from amillennialism to Zeus worship. See what I did there, bro? A to Z?
1: Yeah, but we do talk a lot about everything. Theology, movies, books, politics, and we have great guests on too.
7: Tim Chally, Stephen Altrogi, Dr. John Frame, authors that make us think.
1: And we're not afraid of controversy either. Calvinism and Arminianism, charismatic gifts. If it's a lightning rod, then we're
7: going to set it high on the roof in a thunderstorm.
1: So join us each week. At least one new episode is released every Tuesday night after 10 because every episode goes to what, Greg? We'll just let Nigel say it. These go to 11. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: and beauties and beasts, I have some good news for you. But in order for me to tell you the good news, I must share with you the bad. A beard can be a most magnificent thing, but it can also be the downfall of a man. An unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining. An unmaintained beard causes dry, itchy skin. An unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff. You know, like dandruff, but beardruff. An unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless, like iron bristles. Not good for the lady friend. An unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today. And let's not forget that an unmaintained beard robs your face from sm- amazing. Let not thy beard be thy downfall. Protect your manlyhood. An epic combination of manliness and manhood. If you are hearing this today, there is hope for your beard. Go to youcosmbeard.com and enter the code APOLOGIA and you can save some money while you save your face. A
6: world
5: A
2: little modest yahoo for you. I will say something Really It's a little personal but I thought it was really cool Sarah Yes We discovered when Pastor Luke and I went to The funeral home To the mortuary We went to be with the family boy that made the plans We were trying to just get everything lined up for her Funeral service and you know it's, it was really difficult it was hard Can you turn out just a little bit um that was a difficult thing to to go through um but we were planning the service and Marcus was gonna make the memorial video and I was like okay well did Sarah have any favorite worship songs right. you know what, what would what would she want what will remind you of her that kind of stuff so they couldn't really think of anything they thought oh she loves um you know amazing grace she loves beat down my vision, and then I think Luke asked, "Did she ever have any songs that like annoyed you?" And then Brad was like, "Oh well, she loved that one Jewish." What, what do you say? Some kind like, of reggae, Jewish reggae that. guy. Yeah. And so we're like Yahoo and he was like, "Yeah, she loved him." And then he said, "One day." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh man, my respect level just went up for yeah. Sarah. She was a big fan of Yahoo Right on. If you don't know who Yahoo is, get to know who Yahoo is." Um. So, we decided to do something kind of special for you guys. We finished the last segment and we had a whole show planned for you guys uh, on the topics that we talked about. But we also had a TV show to complete with Gabe Wrench, who's a deacon at Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho. And he's also a host on Cross Politic. And we did a whole show talking about the Trump Clinton debate. And we thought, hey, this content is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and just splice that audio into this show because we thought it would uh, we, we thought it'd bless you guys. So that's what we're going to do right now. You guys are going to get to hear the Apologia TV show and After Show. You're going to get the audio from that right now. Uh, I think it was a great show. It was a lot of fun to do. I think it will be very helpful for people. Um, the only problem is a few times uh, he came in through Skype, and uh, the Skype got a little sketchy a few times, uh, but that's about it. Other than that, I think it's great, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. So, right now, we're going to play the audio from Gabe Wrench on Cross Politic. Unless, Marcus, you got something?
0: Oh, I actually just, uh, in between breaks while we were having lunch, I actually listened to the Cross Politic show. Yeah. It's really good. Oh, good. It's really good. So, it's a great podcast. One of my new favorites. Right on. So you can uh, get it at CrossPolitik.com. Good,
2: good. So yeah. Here we go. Here's the audio. Gabe Wrench with CrossPolitik right here on Apologia. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Apologia TV in the studio today with The Bear. What up? I'm the Ninja, and that is King Ginger right there. You guys can get more at ApologiaRadio.com. That's where you can get every television show every after show and including Apologia Academy where we just recently dropped some fantastic academies we have an academy with um, uh, Dr. Mitch Stokes and it is on mathematics and before you say well why would I ever want Apologia Academy for that it shows the biblical foundation the Mm -hmm. biblical worldview as uh, the only ultimate answer for arithmetic it is really phenomenal it's great for apologetics for all you apologetic ninjas out there and we just dropped a, a, a complete series on the Trinity with uh, Dr. Ben Merkel. Right. It really blessed your life, so I encourage you guys to go sign up for all access at ApologiaRadio.com and get into it. Uh, Marcus! Hey! What are we doing here today? We're talking about politics. We're going to talk about politics. Uh-oh. Isn't that fun? Religion and politics. Yes. Great. I'm right? excited. That's that's an amazing thing. Yeah, but guess, not,
0: not just with anybody, though. That's right. Tell us, tell us about our guest. Our guest is Gabriel Wrench, and he is a deacon at Christchurch and the host of Cross Politic Radio. Right on. And, and a struggling entrepreneur. And a struggling entrepreneur, apparently. <laughs> yes. So,
7: you still forgot Waterboy.
2: <laughs> and a Waterboy. And a Waterboy. Hey, if you
4: can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. There you go.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that okay. pop culture hey, that, reference, yo. That
7: Mitch, that Mitch Stokes stuff is is awesome. No, no God, no logic, no math.
0: That's right. Yeah, it's great. Why That's, don't you tell us about your show?
7: Yeah, so... Cross politics studios um, we started a show and podcast just released and went live this week we're super excited about it um, cross Politics, Jesus over politics we want to bring you know the gospel of of our Lord over politics over culture you know it's kind of the the there's no corner uh, on this earth where Jesus is not applicable where Jesus doesn't apply to our lives and we want to do this in a way where it's uh, kind of a, a biblical balance of of laughter truth and sarcasm so i'm super excited about the show and um uh, we we actually the, the shows that we dropped this week were one was uh, why mormons aren't christians uh the other show was uh, uh america's uh, past shame and why the civil war still matters Ooh, and then yeah. the third show was with uh brett mccracken on hipster Christianity, so those are the three shows that we dropped <laughs> yeah, this weekend. So we, those, know, we know a little something uh, about so,
4: hipster Christianity. A lot, a lot of those sound like our shows. <laughs> yeah,
7: you
2: you are you copying off our shows, Gabe?
7: Hey, you guys. Um, so, uh, long story short, um, we uh, uh, I I serve as a deacon at Christchurch, and right. and I got a lot of energy, and I'm always thinking of ways that I can I can serve in a way that I I, I feel like I'm really hitting kind of the, the hammer on the head, on the the nail for me. And, uh, and so I've been thinking about podcasting and radio and I'd even done a little research on it, but then I, I found your guys' podcast, you know, my boy, Darren Doan yeah. uh, Nate Wilson, uh, some of these, uh, and, and of course, David Shannon, chocolate Knox, one of our hosts, um, I kind of found out about your podcast and started listening to it and I was, it, and you guys had something really good that I wanted to imitate, Oh. And, uh, oh, so, uh, you guys actually, I think kind of gave me the confidence to say, Hey, I think this is something we could do. And it's something that, uh, will actually be a, a benefit. I saw how you guys were benefiting people. And I was like, I think we can do kind of, kind of copy you guys, praise and, God. something worthy of imitation, awesome, man.
2: There you go, man. So, so your, your perspective in, in uh, cross politics is you, um, think that Jesus Christ is Lord over every realm and God has something to say, even in the uh, political arena. That's, that's, that's your focus. It's and that, that it's sounds that Abraham like. Abraham
7: Kuyper from Lordship.
2: Yeah, that sounds like post millennial nonsense to me, Gabe, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and
7: I uh, love it. <laughs> I was thinking about you guys this last week, and, uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm super. I, I love your guys and how you emphasize God's sovereignty and everything. And, and I also think that you're basically closet. Covenantal Calvinist. <laughs> and uh so we're we're praying for you guys. Okay. <laughs> nice. Marcus, bite nice. your tongue. Yeah. Marcus, hold still.
2: Marcus Marcus, <laughs> do your best I'm right not now in, stay
0: quiet. I'm not in the closet.
7: <laughs> um all right, so I'm just Jeff to change those dry be- de- uh, baby dedications into a little water, a little uh. wetness.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know yeah, he's, he's <laughs> Marcus is working on it. All right, so hey, we do, this is a great opportunity for us right now. Uh, we have Cross Politic and Apologia uh, TV together now talking about political stuff, important political stuff that does directly relate to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to sin, to theft, thou shalt not steal, to the free market, private property, uh, God's sovereignty, and then the uh, delegated sovereignty he gives to people over their own property. And we can talk about taxation, what is just taxation, what is actually theft. We can talk about uh, stop and frisk today, which I, I hope we we get to. So let me go ahead and... Um, and set this up. Uh, we just experienced the first debate between the two primary candidates. Donald, I thought you going to say debacle. Yeah, well, I was forged, I was fighting hard not to let those words that word come out of my mouth. Um, so, of course, first debate happened just just this week. This past week, uh, between Donald Trump and Secretary Hillary Clinton, and they ran the gamut. They talked about a host of different issues. Uh, Just quickly, because we're going to play a clip when we come back and start actually engaging it. Let's, Let's talk just quickly about, in the next two minutes... Um, what do you think about it? My, my personal thinking is um, I can't first believe that we're in the place that we're in right now where we have two <laughs> candidates saying what they're saying Absolutely. right now. You have a man like Donald Trump representing the Republican Party. Uh, uh, you know, uh, apparently what people see as conservative today, I think actually in the 50s and 60s, he would be seen as a radical left-wing socialist in mm-hmm. many respects, and now he represents the Republican Party. I think that Donald Trump started off extremely strong, um, I think he was uh, uh, breaching debate protocol a number of times but I think he started off very very strong and about midway Wrong. through he piddled Wrong. he piddled out you think Wrong. so yeah. <laughs> oh. No no no, no when I might say strong Know this I don't mean his I'm position just, I'm was just good kidding. that's yeah. what Donald was doing Yeah Run, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think his positions were good I think he started off strong in terms of he was on fire he was he was lit and then he, midway through, it's like he just gave up and got tired or something. Maybe he had to use the bathroom for all that water he was drinking. <laughs> he was now, drinking a quickly, lot quickly, so one minute left. Your
0: perspectives, boys. Go ahead, Gabe.
7: Yeah, I, I think I can't believe we've gotten into this place where, where logic isn't part of a debate anymore. Uh, yeah, so right. where's, where's the liberal arts in that debate last night, you know, the other night? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's unreal that, that Donald Trump, I think... Um, I I think I I agree with you in the sense that he seemed more on his game, but the problem is Donald Trump is only good in brawls. Right. And when you narrow it down to just Donald and Hillary, um, he he can't brawl with her in a way he's going to come out on top. Mm. Good point.
2: That's actually an excellent analysis. So uh, we're going to talk about Trump. If Clinton releases emails, I'll release my taxes. That became a big point of contention for just a bit. That and the question of um, the racism and stop and frisk. I I thought those were some of the most interesting points of the debate. So stay with us, guys. We're going to play clips from the debate. Be right back. ApologiaRadio.com with Gabe Wrench, host at Cross Politic. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody, to Apologia TV. On today with Gabe Wrench, deacon at Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho, host at Cross Politic, we're going to start engaging right now with uh, the recent debate between uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Uh, this particular clip is interesting, and I think we can go a lot of different directions with it. Um, there was a challenge made in the debate that uh, Donald Trump doesn't pay taxes on his six hundred some odd million dollar. Um, income, he doesn't pay taxes and he said in response to her saying that that's because I'm smart (laughs) Uh, but he said in the debate that and of course this isn't going to happen but he said I'll release my taxes when she releases her 30 some odd thousand emails and so here is the clip
1: I don't mind releasing. I'm under a routine audit and it'll be released. And as soon as the audit's finished, it'll be released. But you will learn more about Donald Trump by going down to the federal elections where I filed a 104 page, essentially financial statement of sorts, the forms that they have. It shows income. In fact, the income I just looked today, the income is filed at $694 million for this past year, $694 million. If you would have told me I was going to make that 15 or 20 years ago, I would have been very surprised. But that's the kind of thinking that our country needs. When we have a country that's doing so badly, that's being ripped off by every single country in the world, it's the kind of thinking that our country needs because everybody... Lester, we have a trade deficit with all of the countries that we do business with of almost eight hundred billion dollars a year. You know what that is? That means who's negotiating these trade deals? We have people that are political hacks negotiating our trade deals. The IRS has a audit
7: of your taxes. Uh, it's, you're perfectly free to release Uh, your taxes during an audit. And so the question, does the public's right to know outweigh your personal...
1: Well, I told you, I will release them as soon as the audit. Look, I've been under audit almost for 15 years. I know a lot of wealthy people that have never been audited. I said, do you get audited? I get audited almost every year. And in a way, I should be complaining. I'm not even complaining. I don't mind it. It's almost become a way of life. I get audited by the IRS. But other people don't. I will say this. Uh, We have a situation in this country that has to be taken care of. I will release my tax returns against my lawyer's wishes when she releases her 33,000 emails that have been deleted. As soon as she releases them, I will release. I will release my tax returns.
2: All right. so he'll release his tax returns when (laughs) she releases the 33,000 deleted emails. Now, I'll just say quickly, and Gabe, I want to hear what you have to say here. I'll just say quickly, I thought that this is a particular point uh, that could have gone a different way for Trump. Her response was seems like it was about a 10 second response to the deleted email question um, and he just let it go Mm -hmm. from my perspective. I thought -hmm. thought he was going to use that um, like a bat. Mm. And uh, and he yep. didn't. So, Gabe, what do you think?
7: Yeah. So I think I think, first of all, this has been the, I think the first or, uh, there's probably a number of debates I can think of. But the, the first presidential debate where it's, it's down to two. And I just couldn't believe a word either of them mm. said almost the whole time. Mm. Yeah. When Donald talked about not releasing his uh, tax returns and then Lester responds with actually being under audit, it's not that big of a deal. And Donald just he evades the question and response. There, he can release his tax returns. He's obviously hiding something there, just like Hillary's hiding something. Mm. And and that happens several times in this debate, where they're both either dodging or hiding their their questions and their answers in this whole thing. And so the whole tax thing with Donald, I thought was um, uh, just just silly. He's hiding. He's hiding something. And and it's uh, it's only to his uh, detriment that this is causing a whole problem. One of the other things in all this, this back talking about biblical taxes, biblical yes. taxation. Yes. We have a huge problem here. Uh, uh, Christians do not know how to think about biblical taxation, right. Because we're, we're becoming more and more kind of enslaved to the system, which means it's harder for us to think objective about what that whole process should look like in the first place. Okay. When, uh, Samuel was talking to Israel and Israel is requesting a King. I believe this was in, uh, first Samuel chapter eight. Yes. Um, Samuel said uh, people requesting a king and Samuel responded with, well, this king, he's going to he's going to take your 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 children and turn them into warriors. He's going to take your horses. He's going to take your a tenth of your grain, a tenth of your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. He was saying that as a bad thing. Right. And so hmm. we're so far off on this whole taxation thing in the first place. And that was Hillary's response was. Oh well, you we we don't even think you're paying taxes in the first place. Right. Well, um, let's let's talk about. I would love for all our states to pass legislation that would that would say, okay, this is when too much taxation is stealing. I don't even care if they say twenty five percent. Twenty five percent is too much stealing, and if we tax our people over twenty five percent, then we have to return. Um, but no legislator is going to put a cap on how they can manip- manipulate the people. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think you're exactly right, is that we, as as modern 21st century evangelicals, we think about taxation, and the first thing people do when you say, oh, taxation might actually be theft at the level that it's at today, the first thing Christians do is they whip out the verses where you're told to pay hmm. your taxes. Romans 13, man. Uh, they Render to Caesar and pay your taxes. See, render to whom taxes is due, and you... We have to start thinking about that. I go, whoa, wait, 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 wait a second. This nation right. was set up by Christians, and uh, right. you know we started this thing. And I, I remember a particular point in our history where we actually um, started started to fight a, a war for independence because of taxation that was nowhere near the level of taxation that we're at today. I mean, not even anywhere near close. And there was no uh, issue of income tax to be debated right. at that point. And so yep. we're we're there now. We have this overblown taxation just across the board, and then we have income tax that we're talking about taking fifty percent of a person's property mm-hmm. and their income. They labor, and you're going to take their income. I and mean, it's it's really it's it's um you know when someone owns um your labor and what it produces, that's I mean I think we have a word for that, and I think we call it slavery. Mm-hmm. And when you look, Yes. Yeah,
7: well, yeah, particularly thinking of like property taxes, that's right. You yep. have to, you have to pay your property taxes. If you don't, what happens? Well, it gets confiscated. The...
2: They'll take your property. Yeah. Right. They'll steal that from
7: you. Who's, who's the slave in that scenario? That's right. right.
2: That's right. And it really is actually uh, compelling to think about the fact that we if you would have spoken to people in this nation um, not very long ago and you would have and you would have if you could mention to them, "Hey, look, you're going to be at a particular point in our nation's history where they're taking upwards of 40-50 Sixty percent of people's income, uh, what you earn for your labor, they're just gonna take it right off the top. They're gonna take it before you get it. People would just be and uh, just responding in horror, I can imagine. And we're here now, and I think you're right, Gabe. I mean, we're just we just accept this now, and we say, well, that's because they're allowed to tax. Um, and you're right. I mean, even if you said you know cap at twenty five percent, it wouldn't. There's no way they would do that because it just can't stop there. And the problem is, is that you have people taxed right now at a level that is absolutely. Uh, tyrannical, and it is unbelievably uh, theft at at every level. No other way to describe it. It's just simply theft. And we just accept it without asking the deeper questions of private property, somebody's labor, what they own, and we have a government now that actually can't even, at the level they are stealing now, can't even function as a government at the level they are stealing now. They say, no, we need more Mm. We need to steal from you even more because we have all these other programs to pay for, and so um, yeah. So talk about that for a second. I'm, I'm going to stick to this issue of theft just a little bit more.
7: Our, our government, our government has turned from a servant into a leech. Our government has turned mm. from a servant um, into a uh, a leech, into a a bad lord. Um, government should make a great servant and a bad god. Yeah, and that's the scenario. Yeah, that's that's I think if, if people were thinking like Christians on this and you have that whole this exchange between Hillary and Donald, I think most of that exchange would actually be, be, turn into something laughable, even though I think in terms of points being scored. Um, Donald had a he scored a good point there, and I think most people took that point. But if you actually thought like a Christian on this, you'd be laughing. First of all, hang on, what well, is hang is on, now, hang on,
2: one yeah. sec, Gabe, be right back, guys. Apologia TV, stay with us. Back on Apologia TV, guys, right now with King Ginger the Bear, and on with Gabe Wrench, Deacon at Christ Church, host of Cross Politic. All right, Gabe, we left that last segment talking about uh, thinking as a Christian and how that would affect how we viewed the debate uh, this past week. Yeah. So go on.
7: Yeah. So if we're, if we're thinking about Christians in that whole exchange, we'd be laughing about what is the IRS doing auditing Trump in the first place. Right. But like that, <laughs> that should be laughable to us. Mm-hmm. How tyrannical and how legalistic does our government need to be where they need to dig into our finances to make sure we are paying them what they think we need to pay them in the first place. We'd be laughing about um, Donald Trump uh, kind of evading the whole answer in the second place. And then lastly, um, Hillary Clinton, she's the only one who's actually broken the law in all this discussion. Right. Mm. And uh, yet yeah. <laughs> she's actually the only one who actually purposefully deleted her emails, actually purposefully uh, did what what she's doing. And then she gets away, gets away with it. You know, it's like, uh, how did we get into this situation where our two presidential candidates are dodging, being illogical um, and not seeing the fundamental Issues that are going on, and then and and, and then are um, uh, uh, doing illegal things in the in all of this, and on top of all of it.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting because well, we're we are not saying as Christians that the government uh, does not have the right to uh, engage in, in taxation. There's a righteous level of taxation. God has given two institutions. Uh, the right to ownership of a particular portion of, of our uh, property and money. He's given the church that right uh, to take the tithe, and he's given, of course, the government authority to be able to to actually do taxation. But, of course, that doesn't mean um, a broad take-whatever-you-please. There is, of course, theft, and there is, of course, an issue of oppression and slavery. And there is just no question about the fact that we are there Today, again, if, if we were educated in the way that we ought to be educated, if we if we knew our history, if we knew worldview, what people are thinking, and we can look back at to look back to the origin of our nation and see just what their grievances were, what they would actually protest against. I mean, we would be in shock, but we don't learn that. Of course, when you have government education, right? Uh, the government, of course, controls what you know. And uh, here we are. And so our, oh, our so, two candidates.
0: So what's a biblical form of taxation, uh, Gabe? So, if, if uh, is there is there a just a way to gain finances for, yeah. to fund the government? Yeah,
7: yeah. So we're we're in this um, part. Of, obviously, the reason why we're in this in the first place. The reason why we're in this um, silly taxation system in the first place is because the church, for one, hasn't taught clearly on this issue, and and secondly, um, people just aren't even following God's word on the clear principle of time. The average tithing, I think, nationwide in the church is what, two or three percent? Right. You know, um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) where that's even vastly clearer than some of the principles maybe God's given us for taxation on the government, and we don't even follow those clear tithing principles. Yes. Uh, And then on the taxation side of things, um, I think God is sovereign. He's king of kings, lord of lords. So the government should collect maybe under, you know, 8%. Let's cap taxation under what God collects and and then why not um and then and then let's remove taxation from any sort of manipulative um coercive model that's the point yes yes that's where you got to go yes and and taxation should tithe it's because you are doing this out of duty out of free will and out of grace because you love your country and you love your church
2: Mm. that's right that's right. And and here's the thing. I think that if, uh, of course, we, we all know, we're all Calvinists here, we all agree, uh, we have to have a heart change first. Only God can do that. It has to be about the gospel. People need to repent of their sin and trust in Jesus Christ before they're ever going to want a system that is godly and righteous and just in society. Um, but, I mean, that's that's exactly a good a good point. If If we had a righteous form of government where the government is functioning in their duties that they're obligated to perform. If you have a government that is actually functioning the way that God says it's supposed to function, you know, delivering justice, handing out justice to where justice is, is, is due in terms of punishing evildoers, um, organizing for national defense. Of course, that could be a role of government enforcing contracts. If you have a government that's, it's, it's staying within that framework. Well, I think you have a society that is more willing to actually give, towards mm. that cause of justice in society. But we're, we're not there now. We're in a place where we're just being robbed mm. left and right on every single dollar. I mean, every single dollar you make is taxed up and down and sideways over and over. And you're taxed when you die. Mm. You're taxed when you're <laughs> yeah. dead now. You know, I mean, think about yeah, it. You know, well, we've, we've talked about on the show yeah. before how now the government in America has taken the role of firstborn in Scripture, uh, the role yeah. of, of family inheritance. Now the government says, well, I'll take the inheritance. Thank you. Yeah.
7: And that's yeah. where we're at. I think, I think there's one of the thing. The other thing that's going on here is God has given us, you know, the the three spheres of government. He's given us church, family, and civil authority. Yes. And whenever one yeah. of those authorities either abdicate, like we have in the church, then the other authority is going to take over. Um, and that's and that's where we we've gotten to. Um, I mean, how many, I can't tell you if this goes back to the abortion situation when the David Dow, Dowdy videos were, were out in full steam and full public view and all the energy was around those videos. How many churches, how many pastors did you know of preach from the pulpit against abortion in that moment?
5: Mm-hmm. I can
7: think of maybe like five on my hand that I heard about. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah.
7: You know, we have the church refuses to preach on issues that they are are timid or scared to preach on and they need to and and we need to release the bible on our people release Mm. the bible on (laughs) our people i like that that's good that's awesome
2: all right, so so much to talk about. We're going to uh, end this segment here and go into our after show. If you are watching this right now, uh, we're going to end the segment and we're going to actually head on over to the after show where we're going to continue on with Gabe Wrench from Cross CrossPolitik. We're going to talk some more about uh, private property, uh, the individual sovereignty, and we're going to talk about just... Um, well, it's, let's, let's put it this way. We're going to talk about uh, something called stop and frisk that was also brought up in the debate. And that's an issue where uh, it was amazing. Marcus and I were talking about it. It was the moment in the debate where a radical liberal chastises the conservative nominee on something yeah. not being constitutional. Yeah. And you have Donald Trump uh, advocating for stop and frisk. And we have to ask some deep questions. What would the Bible say about this? If we were to use the Bible as our guide, if we use the biblical worldview and framework to filter through these questions... What kind of conclusions would we come to, and I think that uh, we can we can agree once we look at it that we wouldn 't come to the conclusion that Donald trump comes to mm-hmm. and so it 's just it 's a strange place we 're in a, in a weird i don 't know rabbit hole we 're in a weird place right now where you have Hillary Clinton telling somebody well that 's not constitutional um, that 's amazing coming out of her mouth. So uh, we'll be right back, guys, <laughs> right after this. More on Apologia TV at the after show. You can get it at ApologiaRadio.com. A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A Radio.com. Sign up for all access. Don't forget to go over to missionalwear.com, Pick up a t-shirt. They support the work of Apologia Church. You should support them. We'll catch you on the other side. ApologiaRadio.com. Hey guys, it's Pastor Jeff Durbin with Apologia Church, Apologia Radio, and Studios. I'm here to talk to you today about Summer White. Yes, Summer White, the offspring of Dr. James White. She has a wonderful, delicious new show and website. You can go to sheologians.com, check her out. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Make sure you guys rate it, leave a comment, let people know about this amazing show with Summer White and Joy Temby, the girl from Apologia Radio. That's right, two classy, wonderful, Jesus-loving women talking about solid theology, talking about God and the world. You don't want to miss it. Sheologians.com is where you go. And don't forget, if you're blessed by the ministry... ...of Sheologians... ...Summer White and Joy Tembi... ...make sure you guys... ...help it happen... ...go to patreon.com... ...slash... ...Sheologians... ...patreon.com... ...slash... ...Sheologians... ...offer some monthly support... ...if you love... ...solid theology... ...and la- ladies... ...you should... ...support... ...the ministry and the work... ...of Sheologians... ...it's two ladies... ...talking about the Lord... ...the word of God... ...and the world... It's a study of God. They're talking about amazing things. And sometimes they even talk about... Feminism. And they critique that in light of God's word. So, it might just be a study of the grave. That was actually a theological nerd joke right there. Some of you guys may have caught it. You might want to catch up. It was pretty good. So if you love the ministry of Summer White and Joy Temby, you should support at patreon.com slash... Sheologians, they would be blessed, we would be blessed, we would be grateful. Continue to pray for the work in the ministry at Sheologians.com. Welcome now to the After Show, Apologia After Show. If you're watching this right now, it's because you've partnered with Apologia Church, and we want to first start our show today by telling you how grateful we are for you for your partnership for participating with us in ministry it means the world to us uh god is using the content of apologia church uh, around the world millions and millions of views hundreds and hundreds and well, actually millions of downloads of apologia radio um it's going around the world we got emails from pakistan from yeah. uh, the, the middle east and all over north america south america japan we get England, uh, a, a, all over the place it really is phenomenal what god is doing uh, Moscow. Cr- yeah, Moscow, <laughs> Idaho. Okay, God is, is, is using the content to equip Christians, to bless believers, to solidify them in their faith, to encourage them, and of course to lead uh, people to Christ. And it's humbling to be a part of that, but if you guys participate with us in ministry, you're a part of all that with us, and so we're just grateful for you, so thank you. Uh, Luke the Bear... Marcus King Ginger still on today with Gabe Wrench, host at Cross Politic, and so we're in the after show right now, so no restrictions. We could do whatever we please Ooh, right, right now. No time limits, and uh, we can say things we wouldn't say on regular cable television. <laughs> Not really. Okay.
7: Um, so, so we can talk about Texas. Tex- Texas,
2: Texas, <laughs> no matter um, with Texas. So okay, here we go. Uh, so we we had the the debate, and there's, it's like two hours. Two hours long? Hour and a half. Okay, hour and a half long. It felt longer. I just felt (laughs) like they missed so much. And I I just felt like it wasn't helpful. Um, And we're going to talk about Stop and Frisk, because I think it's just horrendous. And I can't believe that we're in a place where people, Christians, would go, oh, that sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, I think that sounds like that'll work. The thing Um,
4: thing about that, too, is Christians are the ones that are going to be the ones being stopped and frisked. Yeah, I mean... Carrying a Bible? Stop. Let me see what you got.
2: I mean, we just don't think... uh, We don't have a long-term perspective, and um, that's bad, but, um, you know, so before we start it, I just want to say that the thing that threw me the most as I really started to think about what I heard was that Donald Trump... His positions, what he says, you know, people defending him, conservative talk radio, Christians defending him. You know, the things that he says are just really, I mean, horrendous and ultimately at bottom sin uh, as a government policy and how a country should operate, what a government should do. I mean, the things that he's saying, like I mentioned before, like if, you know, in the 50s and 60s, I think he would be classified as, you know, a liberal and uh, wow, some seriously socialist tendencies there or <laughs> radically socialist. And man, well, he we,
7: did. He did identify as a Democrat for the longest time. He did. That's true.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so now he represents the quote-unquote conservative party, and he's just spewing liberal ideology. And goodness gracious, we're there now. So I, here's what I'm saying, Gabe. Like as we begin to talk about this, as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, I of course want to educate people and speak prophetically into the culture to say, okay, these are God's standards. But at the same time, I recognize like if people don't get the larceny out of their heart, mm. then nothing we say is going to ultimately stick. And you can tell people like, well, that's unrighteous and you shouldn't do that in government and you shouldn't do that to people. And I think that people will be like, well, you know, why wouldn't I? Like, I, I want their stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I want that money. Like, I want, I want I want the government to give me money. And, um, you know, until people start respecting an individual's sovereignty that's granted to them by God and start granting to people their rights to their own property... We're, we're you know we're not gonna we're not gonna hate the idea of stop and frisk until of course we have a biblical worldview and people actually respect the way that God set the world up. So yeah, I'll let you speak well, to that, it.
7: And that larceny, that larceny, that hard heart um, problem is it, it. It should be no more clear than it is now. I mean, God, God's given us two candidates where I think both parties at some level are freaking out. I mean, think of think of Bill Clinton, right, um, and then think of Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's twice the devil Bill Clinton is. Donald <laughs> Trump's three times the devil. He's, he's had three wives. He's been on the front cover of Playboy magazine. It's like it's like all we we impeached Bill Clinton, <laughs> right? <laughs> and here we are fixing to vote for Donald Trump, and all those Republicans who impeached Bill Clinton are now voting for Trump. It's crazy, right? Hard heart, man.
2: A very hard heart, and and of course, let's just go ahead and say it. Because we, I think we all believe it. We're under the judgment of God, right? And you know, what did you, what did you, what did you say, Marcus? You, 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 posted. You said, at least God is making our judgment
4: entertaining.
6: Yeah, that's what that's what Marcus <laughs> right, said. Right, right. And we're yeah, so, you know, yeah, and we were them. just
4: watching that clip of the, the third party, Gary Johnson, acting like a fool on right. some interview, and yeah. I'm like, this is. Like I'm legitimately considering doing a writing for Ron Swanson at this yeah. point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is what we got. And so yeah, when okay, so God puts wicked leaders over a nation to judge that nation. And uh so these are the leaders these, these are the leaders we, we deserve. They're the leaders that ultimately our country wants. That's why they're in front of us. I mean, believe me, there were better candidates, there were better choices, and uh, this is what we got. And God is sovereign even over this. So,
7: okay. Wait, before we go there, Jeff, yeah. let me ask you guys this question. What do you guys think of, of Cruz e- endorsing Trump?
0: Oh, I thought it was a disaster for him. I was really shocked. I thought, you know, I think Doug Wilson said it best when he said, uh, he said, uh, you know, he didn't have the charisma, but he had the, the conviction, and now he doesn't have the conviction. Mm.
2: So lose lose <laughs> yeah. yeah right um well what okay what do I what do I I think I, I think that Glenn Beck uh, tore into him the other day that was interesting mm-hmm. and uh, so I think that and Glenn Beck
7: Glenn Beck did all kinds of campaigning for Cruz tons sure of campaigning yeah for so I'm sure he's really
2: upset based on it.
0: his convictions yeah right
2: right. Right. So, okay. Listen. And here's the thing. Look, if if you're listening to this show right now, you're new to All Access. And you're like, well, I don't want Hillary to become president. Okay. So I, I we all agree. I, we understand. We we we. I sympathize with Christians today that say, look, I don't want Hillary to run our country. It would it would destroy us. I sympathize with that. I respect brothers and sisters that 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 feel that way. But you know, I just want to say, as a Christian, <clears throat> as a pastor, like, don't we understand as believers that From the scriptures, we can see that God's judgment is never abated in a nation by compromise. God's judgment is abated in a nation by repentance. Right. Never by compromise. And so as Christians, it's almost like particularly reformed Christians, for goodness sakes, Calvinists, first and foremost, like, shouldn't we understand like God is sovereign and we're supposed to stand on principle and stand on the word of God and do what is right? and not live being governed by fear, and, and saying, well, look, oh my gosh, what'll happen? Like, if she's in charge and in control, like, how are we going to handle this? Like, well, stand on your convictions, stand on the truth, speak prophetically into the culture, mm-hmm. and if God determines to judge a nation by putting a wicked woman like Hillary Clinton over it, then we're getting what we deserve. I'd say buckle your seatbelts. belts. <laughs> Right, like uh, get get a firm foundation underneath you, and and preach the gospel. Like preach the gospel, speak prophetically, but don't compromise. Right. Don't compromise. We're not. I mean, seriously, compromising with a man like Donald Trump so that we don't have Hillary Clinton. If the response is, "Well, my goodness, that would destroy our nation," and what do you think Donald Trump would right. do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: it's yeah. about all that, but it's about the Supreme Court, though. Yes, like that's the only thing that matters is yeah. who's in the robe,
7: right? with the problem. The problem is we don't vote to manage evil. That's what this whole, that's what everyone's Mm -hmm. voting right here is. Okay, how can I manage this problem?
2: That's a good point. Right. That's great. That's right. That's good. I'm going to steal that game. I'm going to say that I got it from me.
7: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do that. I'm just (laughs) Okay.
2: All right. Here we go. So, uh, debate reality check on YouTube. Stop and frisk. This is a clip from the debates. It's from CNN. Let's play it right now.
3: Donald Trump was sort of channeling his convention speech when he brought up the issue of crime, saying something must be done about it, and he likes the idea of police using more
1: stop-and-frisk tactics. Hillary Clinton says, no way. Listen. We have to bring back law and order. Now, whether or not in a place like Chicago you do stop-and-frisk, which worked very well, Mayor Giuliani is here, it worked very well in New York, it brought the crime rate way down. But you take the gun away from criminals that shouldn't be having it. Stop and frisk was found to be unconstitutional. And in
8: part because it was ineffective. It did not do what it needed
3: to do. So who's right about this? Well, we do know that from 2002 to 2011 in New York City, stop and frisk was stepped way up. Look at the numbers back in 2002 to almost 700,000 in 2011 and crime was going down during that period of time. However, the decrease in crime did not seem to match up with such a dramatic increase here. And just as importantly, out of all these stops they made in roughly this period of time, more than 5 million stops, guns were found on people far less than 1% of the time. Hmm. And when stop and frisk stopped, the crime rate generally kept going down, so mm. all of that says that Donald Trump's claim about this is simply false, and Hillary Clinton's claim about it is true. Marcus,
0: you want to say something? Well, it just struck me. She said it was found con- unconstitutional right. because As it, it, was, it was ineffective. Right. Well, no, no, right. <laughs> <That's not laughs> how right. works. no, it's not. So right. it can be it can be unconstitutional if it's effective. Right. It can be constitutional. Right, exactly. It's right, like, crazy.
4: I didn't catch that
7: There's the first no time. How, how, how many of them are for TSA?
4: <laughs> right. right, Yeah, exactly. Oh, Marcus's favorite people, by the yeah. way. Oh, man. Yeah.
7: <laughs> you guys need to do a studio episode on TSA and Marcus. <laughs> that would be fantastic. That
0: would be really, oh, really good. Yes. Yeah, but then
4: we'd have to pay for them to the act.
0: <laughs> We we know we got. We, would make a good officer. We got some yeah. video of me being frisked by the TSA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. We do. We yeah. Do. We could probably yeah. slip that in an
2: episode. Yeah, we sure well, can. no, we that's a good it. point. So unconstitutional because it was ineffective. No, that's not how it works. The <laughs> Constitution says what it says, and it's the basis of of law. And so, you know, let's think about that for a moment. Um, uh, stop and frisk didn't work. because it's not constitutional because it's not effective. But here's. Here's the, here's the basis of, of what they're talking about in terms of constitutional. The Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized." so uh, stop and frisk so people say all right, well look you know police officers have a right to, you know to try to um, you know stop crime uh, from happening in in their their um, under under where they're their they have authority and so they, you know they can walk into somebody because they're suspicious and they can try to see because they think they have a gun well here's the truth of the matter just do an investigation look up stop and frisk do some examination look at the details look at the facts and you can see that um, those t- those statistics, by the way, were accurate. I've looked into those exact figures. And yes, it's less than 1% of guns actually were found in all these hundreds of thousands of encounters. So hundreds of thousands of people had their rights violated to produce less than 1% of of a weapon found. Yeah.
0: Tell Which, me how that works. by the way, we, we, we have the right to have weapons. We have the right to have <laughs> weapons. <And laughs>
2: that's so, true. So, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's injustice upon injustice. Yeah, right. But when you think about the what's happening in Stop and Frisk, you have somebody that's walking up to a private citizen, and these are the sorts of things that were said to people when they were actually uh, engaged in Stop and Frisk. And this is on record, by the way, police officers, you can hear their own voices doing this. Um, You were stopped because you look like a mutt. Uh, You were stopped because you were adjusting your waistband. You were stopped because you turned around and looked at me. And so, so, so no crime was committed. Alright, so think about that for a second now. No crime was committed. The police officer has a lurking suspicion that something is going wrong. And so he comes to you and he invades your personal sovereignty and your right to your own property. And he commits an injustice against you and says, well, I have a personal sneaking suspicion that something's wrong. Well, why is that? Because you look like a mutt. Is that against the law? It looks like a mutt? I guess so. And so <laughs> So, so now I violate your, your rights and I begin to, to frisk you and to maybe seize your property and arrest you. Well, here's the thing. Listen, Christians bled and died to fight for these kinds of rights. And they experienced injustice, say particularly the Puritans in England, they saw a system go wrong. And when they came over here, they set up a system that would honor God and his law. They understood some of the, the tragic things that had happened before in, in the justice system, and they wanted to avoid that. So the mindset, what was in their heads in terms of justice and what how we should do this, was a particular way. They knew Christians had fought and died and, and suffered in their hands of tyranny, and so when they when these Christians are formulating these ideas early on, it wasn't sort of like hodgepodge and like cavalier like maybe we should try this, maybe we should try that they understood. God's sovereignty, delegated sovereignty and authority, personal property and rights, the uh, the demand of God in the justice system for there to be two or three independent lines of, of confirmation, two or three witnesses for a crime, uh, for a, a charge to be brought against somebody. And so they understood. You couldn't just walk up to people policing the streets and start saying things like, well, I'm suspicious. And so I'm going to go ahead and violate your rights. And then on top of that, I'm going to make you incriminate yourself by asking you questions and forcing you to answer me. There's a right in God's law not to personally incriminate yourself. There's a right to (gasps) stay silent. There's a right to not swear an oath and get yourself in trouble to keep your mouth shut. And these police officers policing the street, violating rights, and forcing people to ultimately incriminate themselves is a complete injustice. And it's an injustice because we've abandoned God, Jesus Christ is Lord and the word of God is the foundation for our society and because of that you have people saying oh stop and frisk not such a bad idea
4: you know what it sounds yeah. like well also Canada, Canada. also <laughs>
7: oh, Canada. I'm not even I'm not even playing
4: games. <laughs> Jeff and I went went to Canada a year and a half ago for a conference and we both got pulled into the questioning for room for several hours for several for a long painful time and while in line we were noticing everybody in there either had a beard, was a Christian, or from South America. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was yep. interesting. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, everybody that was they, in there. Everybody era. in there fell under one of those categories. Yeah.
7: Um, and and Luke and I well, were in. All tyranny starts off as a as a measure of justice for all. And then it becomes oh, then it becomes uh discriminatory.
4: That's right. Yeah, that's true.
7: Uh, when you think about this too, Hillary. Um, her she wasn't against stop and frisk because she was for the Fourth Amendment. She was right. against stop and frisk because she was against the Second Amendment. Uh, amendment, commandment. Yeah, <laughs> amendment. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. Well, it's like stop and frisk is like uh, uh, yeah, she actually would, would want to do away with it all. It let, oh, so she doesn't need stop and frisk. She just needs to get away with the get rid of the Second Amendment.
2: Right. And, and just some quick uh, stop and frisk facts. Um, this is from the New York Civil Liberties Union, and I understand what some of you are thinking right away. You're like, oh, I'm not going to front them as a source, but you know, facts are facts, <laughs> and this, these are facts across the board. You need you need to hear it because it's true. Uh, myth number one: Stop and frisk reduces crime and keeps people safer. Uh, Stop and Risk uh, is a program that is effective. You used to not be able to walk down the streets in New City safely, and today you can walk every neighborhood during the day and most neighborhoods at night. Ray Kelly. Fact. No research has ever proven the effective, effectiveness of New York Stop and Frisk regime, and the small number of arrests, summons, and guns recovered demonstrate that the practice is ineffective. Crime data also do not support the claim that New York City is safer because the pra- of, the, of the practice. Pardon me, it's been a long day. While violent crimes fell 29% in New York City from 2001 to 2010, other large cities experienced larger violent crime declines without relying on stop and frisk abuses 59% in Los Angeles, 56% in New Orleans, 49% in Dallas, 37% in Baltimore. I mean, here's the point I would make on that you don't have to violate a person's rights to bring down the crime rate that's not what brings down crime rates and you can't bring down crime rates by doing um what's the word I've, I've lost it now um, when you try to to find a crime before it happens
0: oh it's a, i call it minority report Justice. minority just, report uh, justice yeah justice <laughs> that's where you go and
2: say let me find a crime yeah, that's going to happen before it happens right,
0: right.
7: Or yeah. by the way Pre- preventative preventative yeah,
2: yeah and so you know in in the in the scriptures you have crime being dealt with in a just way, which ultimately does strike terror into the hearts of the ungodly yeah, and the unrighteous. Sure. They, if they understand that the penalty for this will be severe and just and and God, quick and, 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 quick and, and <laughs> harmony will be brought, then they're less likely to actually engage in such a practice. But you don't bring down the crime rates by simply going fishing. I mean, it, it just doesn't work that way.
7: Um, well, and to your point, to your point, Jeff you know the, the god has given the responsibility of the government not to prevent not to some sort of preventative look into the crystal ball kind of that's justice that's right that's right um, but to react respond and to bring justice when something happens a government that works a government that believes in preventative justice is a government that's going to fall into tyranny
2: Amen. that's right that's right one more can be said myth number 2 mayor bloomberg's stop and frisk policies cut the number of murders in half fact the murder drop happened before Bloomberg took office. <laughs> myth number wow. three, stop and frisk gets guns off the street and therefore prevents murders. And this is an important element to pay attention to. Guns are found in less than 0.2% of stops.
4: So it's even yeah, less than 1% even looks worse when you actually look at the actual number.
2: Yeah, and, and here's another, another one. Myth, myth number four, stop and frisk is not discriminatory. Um, I think the numbers speak for themselves. You just put the numbers out there and you can see. Now, I do think a lot of that has to do in, with the, the different communities that this takes place in. They're just predominantly minority communities and everything else. But, you know, it, we just have to start addressing as Christians without going the liberal direction in this area uh, of, of the kind of a systematic oppression that happens in some of these areas. Now... Is that saying that there aren't good police officers? No. Is that, say, is that going along and buying into particular ungodly ideologies about class warfare and everything else? No. But you have to recognize that, yes, there is systematic oppression in, in some areas, and people feel that. They feel the weight of that, and you have to start addressing that. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you're white, brown, black, yellow, red. I don't care what color you are, purple or beige. I don't care. This is an unjust practice. Mm. It doesn't doesn't matter. I don't care who it's being done to. I don't care if you said, okay, look, we'll just do stop and frisk and we'll do it and and, and and we won't do it to black people anymore. We'll just do it to white people and say ah no. And if you say okay, we won't do it to white people. We'll just do it to black people. I'd say ah uh, no. It's unjust. It violates a person's personal sovereignty and their private and their and their uh, property. But you know, I think further, and this is this is important. When those police officers walk up to a person, they say, well, look, you looked back at me while I was sitting in my squad car. And for that, I've come to search you. And you say, well, why are you searching me? (coughs) Well, I'm going to find out if you did something wrong. That's just not how justice works.
0: You're right. No way.
2: That's not how justice works. And if anybody thinks that's how it works, they need to do some reading. (laughs) They need to read some history and in particular, read the Bible. Now, if God gives us, read Psalm 119, a law that is perfect, that is good, that we ought to love, that is graciously given to us. You know, if the psalmist can say, you know, um, I love your law, you know, if we can look at the law of God and say, look, God gave us this perfect system of law and justice in society. And if you look at that law, you don't see God suggesting the kinds of things that happen today in our society. Stop and frisk would would be unjust under God's law. Mm -hmm. Now, I think as Christians, we have to think about that. God tells us how to handle this. We're not doing it. And if we look at the ungodly in the world and how they handle it, we have to look at that system and say, that's just not righteous. It's not good. No matter what you think is pragmatic. And that's how Christians often say it. They say, well, this is very pragmatic. You know, it might lower crime. It might help. It's pragmatic. I want to say, well, that's not, that, that's, that ain't no answer. <laughs> it's pragmatic. I want to say, is it just? And someone says, well, how do we know what's just? Oh, there's a perfect word from the Lord on this. <laughs> Let's look at it. All right, Gabe, go ahead
7: yeah I was just thinking while you were talking that um why do why are citizens putting up with these kind of laws? Why are citizens supporting these kind of laws um i, I my my answer my best guess at this point is because they um are uh, being governed by fear. The whole reason why I think the t s a thing is is it's it's uncomfortable for people not everyone necessarily likes it, but it's still supported and it's because they're they're ultimately scared they aren't trusting in the Lord they're trusting in, you know, some sort of uh protectionism that is detrimental to their freedom in the long term. They they care more about their their uh, earthly protection than their than than trusting in the Lord. And freedom in some sense, biblical freedom is risky, right? Yeah. Um, biblical freedom is is scary. Biblical freedom is going to get um, is is actually going to let some criminals go. That's what biblical freedom means. If there's not two or three witnesses, then that murder suspect is going to get free. That's just, but I would much rather have that situation happen than someone who's genuinely not guilty and gets convicted under our rigged um, court system.
2: There you go. Hmm. That is a very, very good point to make,
0: Marcus. Anything else you want to add? Well, I just think that it's 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 a tragedy that you know we see that the the tyranny at the top trickles down to tyranny even at the state and local level Mm -hmm. right like so that's the problem a lot of the black communities are facing they're saying hey you know like there's all this tyranny happening here to us but their solutions are not biblical solutions it's well let's vote for hillary Mm -hmm. you know she said it was unconstitutional right? right right but but they'd also don't see that a lot of their injustice that they're experiencing right now is because of bigger government people like you know Hillary Clinton or even Trump. Uh, so, so I think like you said, like we have to have like a biblical standard for justice, yeah, across the board. Marcus, yeah.
7: yes, Marcus, you made me think of about this whole federal and state issue here and, and some of the layers here. I would love here's another, um, you know, the tax the tax um, uh, theory that I brought up earlier, if if legislators would just vote to cap taxation at 25% or something, I think that would be a special day. It'd be very interesting. Another (laughs) um, thing I would, another experiment I would like to see happen is like, let's okay. Let's say we actually do believe in states, rights. Well, let's, let's let the state of Idaho um, uh, make abortion illegal and let the state of Washington have legal abortion. And then let's watch culture a culture of life and a culture of death grow up over the next 30 years and see what really happens mm. but because federal tyranny wants to flatten everything and doesn't want to give anybody an edge on this whole on our, on our on our lives um they won't ever let that happen and the fruit um the fruit will grow up the fruit will mature if if i oh, actually if, if our governor butch otter um really believed in his role as governor like he should and said, hey, I'm going to make abortion illegal. Who cares what the Supreme Court said? Because it doesn't matter what you define as not being murder, 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 and I don't care what the Supreme Court says, and and Butch Otter makes abortion illegal, and then we watch these two cultures, Washington and Idaho, grow up over the next 30 years. That's powerful.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, I think we kind of see that in in some sense with like uh, unionized states and right to work states. Right. We've seen like in the unionized States, like Detroit and stuff, like just the the economy has just gone to nothing and they're ghost towns now. And then in the right to work states, all those states, all, all those businesses in those states have moved to, you know, union free states where they can hire people as they wish. And so, you know, that's part of the point of having localized governments is that you can just move to a different state, right? The businesses can just move to a different state. But if you know Hillary Clinton talked about this in the debate about getting rid of right right to work states,
4: mm.
0: you know of getting rid of that, and what I mean, you yeah. then where do the businesses move? Do they go out of out of the country?
7: <laughs> right. <laughs> so, well, Hillary Hillary just doesn't want to get rid of right, get rid of right to work states. She also wants to spread out corporate earnings, corporate profits across the board. <laughs> right, right. That was crazy. Right. Those comments were unbelievably In
0: right, yeah, mm.
2: you know. Uh, I want to make sure we end this episode with uh, a a part of scripture here that I think is important and it relates to what we're talking about. Um, Ecclesiastes. It's a book we don't uh, often quote from. Uh, Ecclesiastes. Chapter 8. Unless you're Presbyterian. <laughs> uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11. Put a
7: marker on that. Put a marker on that. Mark Take it. that comment out.
2: Mark it. All right. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. That, that should really um, set within us when we think about issues of crime in a city, so you look at a place like New York City, and you look at these difficulties that they have: social unrest, you got crime, you got theft, robbery, you got uh, rape, uh, murder, those sorts of things happening um, pretty consistently. And I'm sure it's 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 difficult, you know. And I, I grew up in D.C., and so I know what it's like to be in a city where you know you're scared for your life uh, in some places that you're driving through. I understand that, and uh, so that resonates with me. But the answer, of course, isn't going to be violating people's rights, so you have the the sense right. of safety. Um, the answer from Scripture is because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. You look at a place like New York City, or any number of places around the world, doesn't have to be New York City, but any number of places where people's hearts are fully set to do evil. Okay, scripts will go backwards. Scripture says, fully set to do evil, because of what? Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily. So you don't have justice in a city, when people actually do legitimately commit crimes. There's no harmony brought when there's theft. There's no harmony brought when there's rape. There's no harmony brought when there's murder. And because of that, people go, "Hey, man, if I get caught, it's three, it's three hots in a cot. I get, yeah. you know, health insurance. I get to hang out with my buddies in jail. You know, I, I've, I've run a stretch before. I've had two years before. So, you know, whatever, I'll go back again. But how about this? How about if you had a society where if you murder somebody, we kill you back. Like if you rape somebody, and you violate a woman in that way, you're dead. You'll die by the state." It'll be a just sentence on you. If, you. if you do these sorts of things, you'll be punished in a, in a just sort of way. Let me tell you, people are going to hesitate to rape and mm-hmm. to kill and to steal if they know that when they are caught, they will experience true justice. Um, and their hearts aren't set and emboldened to do evil. And so that's the answer. It's not by violating a private citizen's rights and sovereignty and roughing him up because he looked like a mutt. What is that? I mean, that is crazy. Um, But there you go. So I think that's the answer. we got to look to God's word. So uh, Gabe, let me ask you this as we finish up this segment. If you had somebody listening to you right now and they said, man, Gabe, I like what you're saying and uh, I think you're pretty cool and uh, I want to learn more. What are some books that you would recommend for people to start investigating uh, these kinds of conversations from a biblical worldview?
7: Ooh, man. Um, that's a big one. A couple, I know. Yeah. That's a, that's, there's a lot. Um, I would start actually probably, probably with apologetics in the first place, a there, lot of, you know, yep. some, some good old, even, even, I think Kuiper had some interesting, um, uh, helpful, um, uh, presuppositions and all this, the, the role of civil versus church and all this process. And of course his emphasis on sovereignty of God that changed, I mean, that changes everything. Yeah. Um, also the law of lesser magistrates, uh, by, uh, come on, one of you guys know the author? The Law of the Lesser Magistrates.
2: Um, 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 Truella. Uh, who? The, doc-
7: the, the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates? Matthew,
4: Matthew, Matthew Truhello. Truhello, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah.
7: Uh, um, that's a good play. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of kind of actually what shaped my thinking on this has been the sovereignty of God issue but also in, in how to think biblically about like economics in, 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 all this. Yeah. That actually affects a lot of how you think about crime yeah. and penalties and, and, all that stuff. And that. so there's, um, yeah. Hey great. Gabe, have you, and, uh, and I got to go plug, I got to plug my buddy's book here. Okay. Like death by living Wilson yes. um, wrote death by living. And I think that what, how that affected me in all this was it was you need to live your life in such a way that you leave your life on the court. Oh, yeah, and that yeah. that changes how you view your family. That changes how you view your work. Um, you need to live you live your life in such a way that you you're dying. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Hey, Gabe, have you heard Greg Bonson's lectures on biblical economics?
7: Uh, I I have not heard them, but my my dad used to um, my, when my dad became a Christian. Back in the uh sixties and seventies, um uh, he uh I think kind of tutored a little bit under Greg Bonson. So we he we had a connection with Greg back in the back in the day. Nice in, uh, California. Well so, yeah. and Rush Dooney. My dad actually tutored under Rush Dooney. Oh sweet. Back in the wow. too. Yeah. That's right. good. So when I grew up a little little side note here, probably didn't all really matter. I grew up in Tyler, or at one point I lived in Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. No. Yes. Wow,
2: dude. Man, no
7: it's wonder. So I was there with Jim Jordan, Ray Sutton,
2: Dang. David Chilton.
7: Gary North. Dang. And Gary North. That's right. Oh, man, that's right.
2: you man, dude, we can have some conversations, man. Very good. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. so just a quick thing, uh, cmfnow.com, I think they recently put up those lectures by Greg Bonson on biblical economics and there's like 9 or 10. Man, gotta listen, you, you man. got to you got to hear, you got to hear it. <laughs> you got to hear mind. it, Gabe. I'm telling you, it'll 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 bless you and I think it'll provide you some good content for the show as well. We'll probably review, be reviewing some of that as well. Because I think it'll really bless people. And it's, he handles it in a really concise way, a simple way. He, it's, it's not, you know, really heavy Bonson, where it just sort of gets very really difficult. It's well done. And I think, I mean, I like to find some way to get this into Christian's hands because he, Christians need to hear it. I mean, I think it, it could start, it could start a, a, a solid, righteous kind of revolution
5: mm.
2: in a way. So, um, so yeah, my recommendation cmfnow.com, Greg Bonson, thanks, Biblical Economics. All right, dude, thanks so much, man. I hope to have you on again sometime. Yeah, for sure.
7: We uh, we need to return the favor.
2: Absolutely, brother. We'd love to. Yeah. All right, guys, Gabe yeah. Wrench, pick him up, at host Cross Politics. And Gabe, where can they go to listen to that show?
7: Yeah, well, you can go to crosspolitic.com and, of course, you can also search in the iTunes and Google. Um, podcast stores for Cross Politics and it'll come right up. So, you can also go to our website. You can follow us on Twitter at Cross You can go to Facebook forward slash Cross and you can email us at crosspolitic at gmail.com. So, thank Sweet. you guys for letting me get that plug in.
2: Thanks, you brother. Absolutely. All right, man. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.
7: All right. Lord bless you guys.
2: There you go, guys. Our interview with Gabe Wrench, Cross Politic, right here on Apologia. That's it for today guys Don't forget to go to MissionAware.com And get a shirt They support us They have great shirts They do have you great guys shirts should support them
4: Luke's I'm, wearing I'm wearing one now
2: Riggedy Ryle J.C. Ryle <laughs> It's a great shirt Thank you Joy You're welcome We love you Hey guys Check out the studio Joy wrote that
4: She wrote that junk I feel like you said joy. Joy. Joy? joy joy
2: Um, Yeah check it out guys Thank you guys so much For being a part of this With us Everyone who supports us, is part of this movement with us. We're just grateful for you guys, as always. I'm Jeff Durbin, they call me the ninja. That's Luke the Bear Pearson. Peace out. Joy the girl. See yeah. And Marcus Pittman, King later. Ginger. All right, guys. ApologiaRadio.com. Check My it next time. Hey guys, don't fast forward through this commercial. Important message for you guys. We're meeting at a new location for Apologia Church worship services. I'm Jeff Durbin, pastor at Apologia Church. Join us for worship 4 p.m. on Sundays. Uh, we are a family integrated church. Sorry, do I introduce
0: myself?
5: They yeah, don't you know can know
0: who say joy. I yeah, you can say joy. I don't know. So
5: yeah. But what do I do at the church? They're going to be like, that's one of those churches that has a lady pastor.
2: Right. I want to keep that's this as a, as a part of the commercial. I want you to leave this. <laughs> okay. <care>. All right. <laughs> Luke.
4: Uh, this is Luke the Bear, the discipleship pastor at Apologia Church. And the new location we're meeting at, like Jeff said, it's Tempe Vineyard Church. I think you said it was Tempe Vineyard Church. No, I didn't. You didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> you just did. The didn't. address okay. is 1805 East Elliott Road, number 112. Tempe, Arizona 85284 that is on the southeast corner of McClintock and Elliot bring your wives bring your kids and bring your husbands too because we're teaching everybody up in here
2: bring your beards if you got them or no it's up to you I'll have mine alright guys, that's our new commercial I think it's professional <laughs> we'll see you at Apology at Church join us for worship
4: apology